0: You're now listening to Fundamental Fast Pitch. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's Mike here with Jessica Tanner and Heather Melody on the Fundamental Fast Pitch podcast. This is episode 21 titled Team Hoppers. I'm very excited for this podcast, guys. Uh, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this, I want to hear your guys' reasoning why people might be hopping teams the team counts just all of the good stuff I don't know if you guys want to play rock paper scissors like we tried to practice yesterday that did not go well after 50 turns but I don't know who wants to take the lead on this one so whoever wants to hop in go and hop in on this see what I did there (laughs)
1: um yeah I'll jump in on this one Mike so first off what is a team hopper um Essentially, it's that that player or um, family that has been on an abundance of teams in a very short amount of time. So, for example, um, for those of uh, you guys that have like 10u players, if they've been on five different select teams by the time they're in their second year of tenu, to me that would be a team hopper. Um, and how? is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Um, the perception around team hoppers, um, it just, it is what it is, is that it's typically a negative experience for, um, the team that, uh, that player is going to be joining, um, Uh as a coach. I know that that's something that I look for. Um, one, um, it comes to loyalty. Um, are you going to stick it out? Are you going to, um, ride through like the development, the learning, um, trust the process, Uh, Do you have the team's best interest at mind? Are you only looking out for your player? Um, Are you going to be um, committed and trust my coaching style and the development and playing different positions and things like that? Or are you one of the families that as a team hopper expect your child to play pitcher, shortstop, center field, um, never sit, Um, just kind of managing those expectations. So I know that team hopper is definitely a negative term. Um, It basically means that there is no loyalty, there's no trust, um, there's no accountability, I would even venture to say, in terms of um, committing to a team, sticking with the team, and doing what the coach asks specifically of your player and your family to earn those opportunities. It's more so just looking for the next best thing or the promise that your child's going to get certain position or certain amount of playing time, so on and so forth. It's kind of taken the easy way out Um, and that immediate uh,
2: gratification.
1: Yes, which is drives me bonkers. But Heather, can you can you talk a little bit about to where like I know there's certain instances obviously where it's unavoidable, but what are some times like when it's okay to change teams or 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 make a change for your family?
2: So so at least for for me and in our family, um, it's not a decision that we have ever taken lightly, or would in the future ever take lightly. Um, you know, when we make a commitment to a team, and this is something we've discussed with our daughter lots of times, we've made a commitment. We need to carry out that commitment. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that things can't change, or things uh, might progress to a certain point where um, her best interest is no longer um, in mind. Um, on the, on that team. And in that kind of a case, um, where maybe the, the goals between, um, you know, you know, your daughter's goals and the, the team or the coach's goals, when those have, you know, maybe they started out aligned, but then they have, um, diverged and they're no longer aligned. Um, that could be a situation where, um, you might consider, uh, leaving a team, um, that could, that could look like uh, daddy ball, um, you know, where, uh, coaches' kids are getting what looks like preferential treatment just because they're the coaches' kids, or maybe they're held to a, a different standard than the rest of the team, um, or maybe there's, um, you know, if, if maybe there's like a playing time uh, disagreement or conversation going on, um, that's something, if, if it's like a playing time type of thing where you're unhappy because your kid isn't getting the playing time that you think they either deserve or maybe they were even promised, you know, when you join the team, um, then you know that's that right there is not by itself a reason to to jump ship and find a different team, but it's a reason, uh, it's a trigger for going and having that conversation with the coach, um, involving the the player, and so the player understands what's going on, um, and trying to resolve that disagreement, or you know where you're not seeing quite eye to eye, in in making that honest effort to resolve that conflict um before just jumping ship but there will be times when you just cannot get on the same page with the coach um and it's always um good practice to to be you know respectful and upfront and just explain you know how you know at the beginning of the season or when you you know joined the team your expectations were this um over time um those expectations have no are no longer in line with what's happening on the team Um, so that those are situations where um, you know they need to be considered carefully and you know thought about logically and try to um, sort of remove some of the emotion because it's real easy like you're in the middle of a tournament and you see your kid sitting on the bench game after game it's real easy to kind of get emotional and be like okay we're just leaving we're done um, but that's, you know, that's not the right way to go about these things. The softball world is is big, but it's so small. Um, word travels super fast. So uh, you don't want to be labeled a team hopper, really, but you really don't want to be labeled somebody that just, you know, is, un, let's see, unreasonable and not, you know, not level-headed at all. Um, and then lastly, the time, a, a time when it's okay to leave a team is when, absolutely, when your kid is in an un, unsafe, healthy atmosphere. You know, if they're being belittled or they're unsafe in any way um, where you feel scared for your kid, you absolutely get your kid out of there, you know, right away.
1: So, Heather, I have a question for you. So you talked a little bit about um, expectations, beginning of season, during season, end of season, um, specifically playing time and being able to have those conversations with the coach. Um, What is a reasonable expectation in terms of, okay, let's say you had a conversation with a coach and specifically um, we'll say it's in regards to playing. um, Let's say it's in in regards to playing either pitcher or catcher, obviously big specialty positions, but um, you've talked about playing time. The coach is giving you uh, resources or examples of what needs to be done on your end with the player and working at home and what the player needs to accomplish in order to get more playing time in that position. And let's say that, that has been accomplished. The players exhibited like they've been working at home. They put in put in extra reps. I mean, extra reps. They're demonstrating the ability to um, play that position at, at practices. Um, they're clearly like like getting. They're getting it. They're getting better. Um, what is a reasonable expectation of when? Like obviously, more conversations can be had, but how do you handle? that situation when the player and the parent are doing everything that's being asked of them by the coach when it comes to playing time and expectations of a certain position but then your expectations as a parent are not being met is that like is that an additional conversation is that like a hey if we don't get this we're leaving like what does that look like
2: yeah I mean you absolutely you know you have the conversation where you kind of bring up that you know you're not happy your kid's not happy with the playing time they're getting that and you know they th- they think they deserve more um let's say and um so in that conversation it is important to ask you know what what are the points where you feel like my kid needs to improve on so that she can get that extra time and those extra opportunities um so that's that's vital in that conversation so um speaking to the the, the question um of when is kind of enough enough i think um you know after enough time where your kid has been able to demonstrate that she's become more proficient in those areas that were outlined. Um, then I think it's, and, and they're still not getting the playing time, then it's time to involve the the player. Um, just, it's always good to involve the players that they get that good experience of having those conversations. Um, and they just, they, it's very clear to them, you know, what's going on um, and ask them, you know, I feel like I've improved. Um, I have, I don't see any more playing time. It is, is this what are you seeing? What I'm seeing? Are we on the same page here? And you know, it's 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 a, like we just said, it's a tough conversation. And sometimes your coach is gonna struggle to have that conversation, and you're gonna have to just kind of feel them out. Um, you know, sometimes they can be upfront and be like, "No, um, I think that, you know you're still struggling in this area, and I'm not ready to give you a chance in game yet." That's fair enough. But other times they're gonna kind of stammer and not be able to give you a, a straight up answer and Um, and, and that kind of a situation to me, I read that as, well, I just don't really want to give you an opportunity. And that would be my cue to, to really start to consider it's time to go.
0: So I I guess my question here as a parent, what do you do as a coach? If, if your kid is, is putting in a ton of work now, Let's go ahead and and, and do this on other guys where each and every one of their teammates are equally working as hard. I think if you don't feel that their teammates are working as hard, you know, maybe this conversation is parent, if you want to call those, you know, side conversations out. But what do you do if you are a coach, ladies, and kiddo is improving, but their teammates ahead of them are also improving? I'm a big proponent of you get better and you get opportunities in practice fair opportunity does not always equal, equal opportunity. Right. So, but at that point, and and again, and, and maybe I'm stirring the pot here, as we all know, the, the select softball experience is in essence, a pay to play, you know what I mean? For some people experience, how do you really, as a coach cut the differences or, or split the differences on that, Jessica, like the, 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 excuse me, the line you walk has to be extremely narrow. Like,
2: there yeah, has to be and some I give think, or take,
0: right? Depending on what type of team you're on, how old the girls are, because, you know, like just, 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 just a spitball roll here. If you joined a team and you were told or promised or whatever, this is the type of the role, but everyone else has improved or, Hey, this girl picked up this position that we didn't think she was going to play and she's a better option yeah. for the team. But I was told this and Mike, that I'm going to us-
1: answer before yes. I forget my answer. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> um, so, so first and foremost, I, I know Heather and I are not the kind of coaches that are going to promise anything. We're going to promise you opportunities to go earn playing time and earn positions, earn spots in the lineup. But I think that question, um, one, if everyone's working hard and everyone's getting better, that's fantastic. That's a win because the team as a whole is getting better and they're getting more competitive and they're going to be able to compete at a higher level. But when it comes to like playing time, or moving up in the lineup or more mound time or uh, more catching time or things like obviously there's other factors to consider um if, if it's a player that is doing like multiple activities um we've got some of those girls that are like super softball that play no other sports they don't do anything with school they literally eat breathe live sleep like bleed softball um like obviously they're going to continue to get opportunities because it's like their life. Whereas if you have girls that are missing for other reasons or other extracurriculars, not necessarily school related um, because I do make sure to prioritize that including like school extracurriculars, but um, that is going to open up some playing time and some more opportunities as well, at least for me, because that's a commitment thing that I, that I make sure to try and balance. Um, But you did hint hint on it as well for me at, the i think it matters on the different ages also so um 8u 10u even 12u um those are still developmental years for me uh so you can maybe bat a little bit bigger lineup especially in pool games like bat bat your team um uh, move girls around get them some some opportunities to um learn the game and and get some strategy in during pool games and then come bracket maybe that's where you settle in to your your players that are going to give the team the best chance to be competitive and ultimately win. Because at the end of the day, like that word has to be thrown in there. It's not like the only priority, but it should absolutely be a priority along with having fun and developing good people and um, teaching them the game. But like that is the end goal. So as a coach, it is still your job to develop develop the players, balance to your best ability playing time, and then put the team as a whole in the best position to go compete and ultimately win. And obviously you can move people in and out during the game and move things around, but, um, especially past those eight, you, 10, u, 12 u years, when you get to 14, u, 16, u, like you're going to have people sitting the bench. You're most likely going to be batting nine or maybe 10 with a DH or something along those lines. And for the players that, aren't getting those opportunities, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with if they're not working. Um, It maybe is just if they're not producing right now, because softball is a roller coaster. It's a game of ups and downs and making sure that um, as a coach, you're still putting your team in the best um, spot to be able to win. But then also I think a big part of it too, is having those conversations with the players, especially at the younger age, or if it's like, Hey, um, you're sitting because of this or I'm putting this person in this position because of this or I moved you down in the lineup because of this like one that kind of whole that kind of um keeps conversations with parents at arm's length a little bit because you're making sure that you're communicating your coaching decisions with the player directly um so that if the parent says hey why why were you sitting or why why weren't you why'd you move down the lineup or anything then they already have an answer prepared and i think that goes a long way for coaches being able to just take a few extra minutes to have those conversations with your players and explain that but then also Um, if, if everyone's working hard, um, being able to have those, also those tough conversations that it's like, yeah, everyone's working hard, but these, these four or five players are really hot hot right now. Um, like Heather spoke to a little bit earlier, um, in one of our other episodes, like playing, making coaching decisions based on who's, who's hot, who's in a slump, who's watching the ball, who's just really clicking that tournament. And that changes game to game. So understanding also that as a coach, um maybe having like a set lineup and set positions and like that's not necessarily like healthy either does that kind of make sense does that answer your question mike
0: oh uh, i i guess fair enough yeah i mean i kind of forgot the question i asked you you, uh, you wanted to answer the question and we went on a seven minute tirade where i'm sitting here i'm like okay i'm like writing stuff down and typing it down and i forgot my question at the beginning of it <laughs> to be completely honest with you but i you i asked I think me they...
1: you asked me You asked me as a coach, how do you like make decisions and how do you, how do you explain those decisions or like justify them when it comes to all of the girls that are working hard, but some players are maybe doing a little bit better or being more productive than others, but everyone's working hard. Like, how do you handle that?
0: So what what would you do if one of your better players, for example, was struggling and no, just say one of your better players was struggling, but she's the one that typically produces, like, do you give that player more leeway even for her confidence sake or for her trust sake, or do you pull that player in those situations and give those other um, kids opportunity?
2: Heather, do you you want to take this one or do you want me to jump in? A player like that, I think you, you put a level of trust in, um, but I think um, you kind of make that decision based on how they're handling it. If they're really, really, you know, if their performance, or lack of performance is really getting to them and, it, and it, it's becoming more of a mental thing, um, I wouldn't be opposed to maybe putting them down in the lineup a couple spots to kind of take some of the pressure off. But having that conversation with the player that this is not a punishment or anything, it's just it's to make you a little more comfortable because we see you getting in your head and we don't want it to get any further. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, if they're if they're handling it really well, um, they're not getting in their own head. Um, they're staying positive and they're they're understanding that they just need to keep making little adjustments so that they can start producing again. Then maybe you you extend that trust and you put leave them in that higher spot in the lineup, for example.
0: I think and, and just to your point just earlier with with multi sports versus diehard softball players. And this is a, you know, softball based podcast. I, I think as far as the team hopping goes, like it's not all negative, right? Like there's different types of teams for different commitment levels of parents and players at the end of the day. Right. I mean, absolutely. A lot, do it as well.
1: absolutely. There is, yes. And there is, everyone should be able to play softball. Um, um, There's league ball. There's um different classes of select. There are some select teams that are a little bit more competitive or a little bit more, um, involved in others like I, I can speak to me with legacy especially like I know we do things differently like we condition um, my players turn in their report cards and progress reports so we can talk about grades and accountability and time management like there are things that we do as an organization that some other organizations don't like it's ultimately going to be about finding the best fit for your player and I think that leads right into like how you can avoid being a team hopper so as a parent knowing which questions to ask before you join a team to make sure that the coaches and the uh, the coaches expectations of the players in the family align with what your family is willing and able to do whether it's dues or time or um, practice and like travel arrangements, um, local versus out of state tournaments, things like that. Um, I always encourage players that are looking for a new team to go, um, go to open practices. So, um, if it's, if they're only having tryouts, um, and they say, Hey, we want you on our team, like be able to stand up for your child and say, Hey, we, we really liked your coaches. We like what you're doing, but we want to get a couple practices under our belt first before we fully commit to this team because then it's a two-sided conversation. It's not just coaches evaluating your player. It is your family also being able to evaluate the coaches and the teammates and the families that you're in the stands with. Um, I always say that um, the the girls learn learn the game and they become better people at practices. That's where the real value is. So seeing how the coaches actually handle that, um, how they communicate, what expectations are, how they speak to the girls, and then also as, as parents, make an effort to, to make things work by having those difficult conversations either before joining a team, while you're on the team, while you're thinking about leaving a team um, in a productive manner where um, you, you're you honest, you're up front. I'm a huge advocate of 100% transparency, whether it's financials or, or um, player expectations or their where they're lacking or what they need to improve on. So as a parent, just making sure that you're having the conversations that need to be had before you just throw your hands up and say, no, we're not doing this. And then going and either joining a new team or in today's instance, um, the select world is just inundated with so many teams. A lot of the reason being that parents are unhappy with, that what the experience that their child is getting um, for whatever reason they may have. So they make the decision to just go and start their own team. Um, so just knowing what you're up against, what the expectations are and having all of those conversations before or any, any sort of decisions are made.
0: And I just to tack on to that in terms of just the general tenor of the conversation with team hoppers i just want to say like don't be afraid to stand up for yourself don't be embarrassed if you haven't found your softball forever family if you will yet you know loyalty is a two-way street trust the process all the good stuff but don't be embarrassed or or, you know don't stop looking for your child if you don't think it is the right fit or if things are not like you said what they seemed or if the atmosphere is unhealthy or unsafe
2: no and i'll I'll add to that um in that same vein mike um if if you if your kid, if you know your kid well and they you know start a new team and they are loving it they enjoy look forward to, go, to going to practice and they enjoy it you know immensely and then over time you might see a, a break where they enjoy it a little less and then a little less and then a little less and you you know you start asking questions and you have come to find out that you know um, they're having issues on the team then they're not happy it's not fun to go play softball anymore um, that's a cue to really dig in and and see what is going on and is this something that can be resolved or is this an issue of where um my kid is unhappy like it's not just like i had a bad day but like truly unhappy um then we need to figure out what's going on and, and it may be appropriate to to jump ship and find a different team
0: i just i would hate for someone to get stuck in a position because they've listened to our podcast and they're like well we're not a team hopper we're no sir jess <laughs> just-
1: no. And Mike, Mike I'm going to jump on there too. Also, I think it's important to always, always, always put your players first as well. So with that same breath, um, kind of just tacking on to Heather, but from a different, span, different stance, um, try not to be the parent that r- ruins a good thing for your kid if you're not happy with stats or playing time or pitching time if your if your kid is surrounded by good good kids good teammates them. good coaching um she's enjoying it like don't be the parent that ruins it just because you want them to go be starting shortstop or bat lead off or something that they don't even necessarily want from themselves they're just having fun with their softball friends so keep that in mind too
0: Absolutely. I I think all these have been fantastic points and we thought of them. So all credit goes to us and our extremely official, official, super authentic and things that we are absolutely, you know, know what we're talking about. As we talked about, this is an unofficial opinion-based podcast, but you know, I, I, I think this one is going to be a fun episode guys, because I think that this is more of like a big feelings type of podcast, not just for the players too, for the parents, that last point, I think just spot on just, Sometimes your kid just wants to play softball with their friends and that is okay. Like it's, it's fine, you know? Um, And, and again, just, just the one thing I keep in my mind, I keep going back to is that don't be afraid to keep searching. If your player has not found their forever family, you know, loyalty is a two way street. Sometimes you don't get what you want for your child Um, as a parent out the gate, but you'll be surprised how things will turn around if your child is willing to to do what's necessary for their team, and and as your if your child is willing to put their team ahead of themselves, like it's it's amazing how opportunities open themselves up, like truly. Um. Now that I've just been in my feelings, you guys have anything to say? <laughs> anything nothing late? here. Nope. I.
1: Nope. nothing Here.
0: All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up the fundamental thought fundamental fundamental the fundamental fundamental (laughs) fast pitch podcast this was episode 21 titled team hoppers um so until next time please make sure to like comment subscribe and share across all social media for us please and if you have any comments please leave them until next time ladies you guys have a great rest of your night i will see you tomorrow at the tournament have a great rest of your day